in the 2021 facts and figures for the first time ever, about 48% of Blacks reported being confident that they wouldn't be able to access culturally competent care. Wow. Those are alarming statistics. So with the first thing you mentioned was with heart disease and that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, getting that under control, medication, that sort of thing. But then you went into that it's more difficult to go to the doctor. Can you explain a little more about that? What the experience is with visiting doctors? Well, you think about a lot of older African-Americans, you know, especially those who are 70 or 8 or who have a 21.3% higher rate of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's in their later life. You got to think about their overall life experience. They grew up during segregation. They grew up during the height of the civil rights movement. So that's still something that stays with them when they think about accessing health care. Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, thanks for joining today's episode of Aging in Style with Lori Williams. If you heard this statement, what would you think? African Americans are twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's disease as older white Americans. That was a surprising statement for me. I was not aware of that. And as much as I've been involved with aging and with Alzheimer's and dementia, I did not know this. Last month, when I was talking with Tanisha Tyler Carr, who has been a guest on our podcast several times, she mentioned this. And we talked a little bit about it and felt like this would be a topic that we really need to dive into. And since this is February and it's Black History Month, we figured this was the absolute perfect time to get into this um, conversation. So let me introduce Tanisha in case you have not heard her on one of our podcasts. Tanisha Tyler Carr is a Programs and Services Coordinator for the Alzheimer's Association, Dallas and Northeast Texas Chapter. And she has been with the association since 2012 and works primarily with caregivers and individuals with the diagnosis as a care consultant. I'm so glad to have you back, Tanisha. Thank you so much for having me back, Lori. Well, Tanisha always has great information for us. So let's just jump into this. Why are African Americans more likely or twice as likely than white Americans to develop Alzheimer's? Well, you know, research is still trying to give us an answer, you know, to that. So just some quick facts, you know, while older black Americans are twice as likely as older whites to have Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, research hasn't yet identified the cause, but there are a few factors we do know. Higher rates of cardiovascular, heart and blood vessel disease may play a role. Some studies even indicate after correcting for overall health and socioeconomic status, these differences can appear access to health care in certain communities. And also over a lifetime of dealing with systematic racism definitely affects the way that African-Americans access health care. As a matter of fact, in the 2021 
facts and figures. For the first time ever, about 48% of Blacks reported being confident that they wouldn't be able to access culturally competent care. Wow. Those are alarming statistics. So, with the first thing you mentioned was with heart disease and that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, getting that under control, medication, that sort of thing. But then you went into that it's it's more difficult to go to the doctor. Can you ex- kind of explain a little more about that, what the experience is with visiting doctors? Well, you think about a lot of older African-Americans, you know, especially those who are 70 or 8 or who have a 21.3% higher rate of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's in their later life. You got to think about their overall life experience. They grew up during segregation. They grew up during the height of the civil rights movement. So that's still something that stays with them when they think about accessing health care. And also, I can say as an African-American, I have been uh, in situations where I have not received culturally competent care and had to really advocate for myself mm-hmm. with healthcare providers. And that's unfortunately something that still happens today. Wow. Is it like you feel unheard when you go to the doctor or you feel dismissed? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Unheard and dismissed. You know, unfortunately, there are studies that show that people of color specifically, as we're talking today, African-Americans have a harder time being diagnosed because uh, their pain level is a lot of times dismissed or just information that they give, just that self-reporting information to really help physicians and healthcare providers with diagnostic you know, procedures and just that health history, sometimes feeling dismissed and mm-hmm. just not believed, not heard or mm-hmm. not taken seriously. And I think kind of it probably complicates because I would say seniors in their 80s and, and some in their 70s, a lot of times, you know, they were raised where the doctor's always right and they don't want to question things. And I would say it's probably compounded with being African-American and having those experiences they've had along with the whole like, you know, the doctor's kind of up here on this pedestal. Do you find that as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what can we do? What can we do to make this well, better? And I think the biggest thing is really just getting the facts, period, about the connection between Black Americans, African Americans, and Alzheimer's disease. I think just really getting that information actually on our website um, at AOZ.org. There's a lot of great information, which is kind of what I'm talking about today. We have a page specifically that talks about Black Americans and Alzheimer's disease. And uh, I'll show you how to navigate. If you go to our ALZ.org page, And you go to help and support, and then you go to resources. These are all drop-down tags. Once you click on help and support, then resources, then you would go to the page that says Black American and Alzheimer's. And there's some great facts and figures that are on here just to kind of paint a picture of kind of what we're talking about specifically uh, when it comes to Black African-Americans risk for Alzheimer's disease and really just their experience and just understanding of the disease and you know how it affects the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some great facts and figures on here specifically. 65% of Black Americans say they know somebody with Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. And 55% of Blacks think that significant loss of cognitive abilities or memory is a natural part of aging rather than a disease. And I think that's a big myth and stigma that, you know, any form of dementia, you know, we make jokes about it, that it's a normal part of aging and we know that it is not. 
Absolutely. What are some signs so that people are aware that this is dementia or possibly Alzheimer's? And what are the signs to look for? Well, you want to look for things that are just completely abnormal. Once again, I do want to stress that any form of dementia is not a normal part of aging for anyone. But uh, specifically, memory loss that is so severe that it disrupts your daily life. Um, You know, I know for myself, I'll drop my keys somewhere. I'll leave my phone somewhere, but I'm able to retrace my steps. Or how many of us have had that frustrating experience where you go park somewhere and you forget where you park when you come out? So you're looking and you're 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 clicking your key so you can hear the beep of your car horn, Um, but you're able to eventually find your car. But if you have this disease, you wouldn't be able to do that. Once something is lost, imagine going into the store and then coming out and just not being able to find your car. That's Mm -hmm. horrifying. And that's abnormal. Or driving down the street, very familiar. You're familiar in your neighborhood. You're going to the store. You're going to go visit someone. But now you can't remember how to get to that store. Now you can't remember how to get to that person's home. And this is something that is in your long-term muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Or forgetting that you've had conversations with family members or friends days before and letting them know, no, I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. Not remembering that you talked to them a couple of days ago, not being able to return that short-term memory loss. That is absolutely, absolutely abnormal. Mm -hmm. Or also people notice things when they're driving with their loved one and they notice that the driving becomes erratic because maybe they're getting too close to cars. Maybe they're having trouble seeing. Depth perception has changed. The senses have changed. They're not able to really observe uh, traffic laws correctly because they're maybe breaking too short. They're having trouble navigating through busy intersections. They're getting very confused and getting lost while driving to very familiar paces. These are definitely signs as well. And then also personality changes. You have people who have been very calm and very easygoing, and now they're very angry, very agitated. It's, it's like a complete shift in personality. Maybe you have someone who was just very modest spoken and didn't really, you know, you never really heard them curse or get too angry, but now they're cursing like a sailor. You know, (laughs) it's like a completely different behavior, paranoia, suspicion about, you know, them losing items, but then accusing other people of taking those items. Those are typically when people notice uh, that there is a huge change in their loved one. And if you are noticing these signs, these are abnormal, It could be, you know, a number of things that are causing these changes, but the best way to uh, really determine that if this is, you know, Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, please go see your PCP um, and then also get a referral to do some further testing with a specialist, a geriatrician, a neurologist, someone who specializes in geriatric medicine to do the full gamut of testing to determine if Alzheimer's or another type of dementia is really what's going on. That's all great, great signs and great information. If you are an African-American and say your grandfather or or mother has, you feel like they have dementia and you go to your PCP and you don't feel like you're actually being heard or not, they're not taking you seriously. What do you suggest as a next step? Well, I would definitely say you, you make sure that you 
if you are the person going with your loved one, make sure you are advocating and make sure you're empowering them to advocate for themselves. It's always a good idea to bring along if, if you've taken any notes or you know anything, documentation, just really noting the changes that you've seen in your loved one and really saying, you know, I really think that this is we're talking about dementia. These are some warning signs I'm seeing. The Alzheimer's Association actually has a great little document that you can print off our website. It's a 10 warning signs checklist and you can actually fill that out and bring it to the doctor's visit and also uh, you you are a consumer you have a right to demand a second opinion or talk to another doctor if you're not satisfied with that doctor okay so really be your own be your your own own advocate advocate. and advocate for your senior loved one be your own advocate. Keep going. If you don't like the physician that you are seeing and you don't feel as though they're taking your concerns seriously, you get another referral to another physician and you keep going. Absolutely. And so if they are diagnosed, next steps with that, Alzheimer's Association, as we said, there's tons of great information. There's also support groups. When someone is newly diagnosed, if it's your mother, spouse, grandfather, whoever it may be, what do you suggest that they do? So if they're newly diagnosed, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the first thing I am going to tell you is to contact the Alzheimer's Association. We do have early stage uh, socialization programs and also early stage education. Also, there are lots of clinical trials that you can participate in that you may be eligible for. So uh, there's actually specifically a new trial that is specifically for African-Americans. It is all for African-Americans, Hispanics. Historically, Black and Hispanic people have been very underrepresented in Alzheimer's and dementia clinical trials. But I would say that's across the board specifically because there is such a stigma when it comes to people of color participating in clinical trials. Um, And there are different trials that we have designed to kind of combat that stigma There are so many protections now where egregious things that have happened in the past, like the Tuskegee Air Experiment and syphilis, the syphilis study, as well as Henrietta Lacks. These are things that are egregious uh, misuses of people of color being abused and manipulated in clinical trials that cannot happen now. Mm -mm. So there's a new study called the New Ideas Study, and it is partnership with the Alzheimer's Association and the American College of Radiology on Malcognitive Impairment and Dementia. So at least about 4,000 of the 7,000 New Ideas participants will be Black, African-American, Hispanic, and uh, they will be fully represented in this study. It's called the New Ideas Study, and you can find that information on the page I talked about. But also getting signed up for Trial Match. Trial Match is a clinical trial uh, database where you can sign up for different types of trials that may be of interest to you specifically if you're someone who's been newly diagnosed. So you can get access to, you know, new and up and coming treatments and procedures. This is all safe um, and all vetted, of course. And so uh, trial match, alz.org forward slash trial match is also a good website to use. Also, you know, connecting with us with early stage education programs, support groups, and also 
care consultations through our 24-7 helpline where you can talk to an Alzheimer's staff like myself that can really talk to you about what you're going through, give you some disease education, align you with some local referrals, and get you really acclimated to our support systems at the Alzheimer's Association. And that number is 1-800-272-3900. That is great information. And I love everything that the Alzheimer's Association is doing and the website, if you've not been on it, and I know, Tanisha, you just said that it was recently revamped. So, I guess it's easier to navigate, but it's pretty easy to navigate as it is, but there is yeah, we've just- got a lot of We've got a lot of nice updated information. And also we have some new partnerships as we're talking about what can we do mm-hmm. to really advance diversity, equity, inclusion when it comes to uh, African-Americans and other communities of color specifically. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association is always working with community partners as well as health systems to make sure that they have the tools and education about health disparities and specifically culturally competent care. And we'd like to also announce some fantastic partnerships that we have going on. We have some national partnerships uh, specifically for the Black community, the African-American Methodist Episcopal Church, AME Churches, um, the Association of Black Women Physicians, Black Nurses Rock Foundation, the Chi Ada Phi Sorority Incorporated, National Black Nurses Association, National Caucus and Center on Black Aging, National Council of Negro Women, Omega Psi Phi Incorporated, Thurgood Marshall College Found, and Zeta Phi Beta Sorority. So we've been really busy, really trying to make sure that we have some partnerships with community partners who are also in the fight of really advancing uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's wonderful. So a lot of good information and resources and partnerships out there. And I know when we were also talking more about the diversity and inclusion, you mentioned there's also for LGBTQ community, there's also, is there also a site or through the yeah, website? Also a website. Mm-hmm. We have on the ALZ.org, when you go to help and support, and then you go to resources, you'll also find a tag for Black Americans and Alzheimer's, Hispanic and Latino Americans and Alzheimer's, Native American, and also our LGBTQIA, because diversity, equity, and inclusion is a huge pillar for the Alzheimer's Association, so that we are just making sure that, you know, all people are getting culturally competent care and have access to healthcare resources in a way that makes them feel welcome and accepted. That is an excellent mission to have so that people do go to seek out help and don't feel discriminated against. That's you know so important. You also mentioned that there's an event coming up the 26th of this month. Yes, there is our Hope for Tomorrow African-American Caregiver Conference. Our theme this year is Don't Fear for the Future, Prepare for It. That's going to be Saturday, February 26th from 9 to 1230 Central Time. And it is virtual. So you can join it for anywhere. And the great thing about it is we are going to have some complimentary CEUs for social workers. So this is going to be a fantastic event. And that's happening February 26, 2022 from 9 to 1230 Central Time. Okay, excellent. And we are going to have all this information listed with the websites we've talked about, all of this information, the date for the event. So to find all that easily. Tanisha, thank you so much for being on. I think it's important to talk about 
these things. And, and like I said, you know, I, I didn't know. So I think it's so important to share with our listeners and to share all of these great resources that you've mentioned so that other people know about it. And hopefully we'll share this podcast on with their friends and family members and we can just spread this information. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. You know, health care is a right for all and uh, we all have access. But I think it's important to know about the health care inequalities and dis- you know disparities for some communities when accessing health care. So we can all be aware. We can all advocate for change and we can all educate ourselves about the statistics and uh, the disease itself and really advocate for, you know, true diversity, equity, inclusion in health care. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on and thank you all for listening. And to find more information, be sure to visit my website, which is lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. And again, we will have uh, links to all of this information listed for you so that you can access it. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 